elevates trusting all is well well is all welcome 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 back to elevated frequencies reading segment i'm your host sherry also known as shy shy also known as nile iris and we will be continuing the akata series we are now at chapters i believe it's 21 and 22 of akata warrior by neti okafor um, if this is your first time joining us, I encourage you to please join our previous chapters. We've been reading um, part one of the Akata series, which was Akata Witch. We're on to part two, which is Akata Warrior. And part three would be Akata Woman, ending out the Akata series. Follow us on Instagram at elevated underscore FHZ for frequencies. Um, but from last week, we are on our way to Lagos, the burning town. And really don't know why we're heading there yet, but we know that we're going to run into a few things, and we know that it has to do with Ekwensu. Um, So without further ado, hopefully you have taken this opportunity to wind it down, find yourself somewhere calming and just your place this is your moment even if you're on your way to work if you're on your way to do something if you're on your way to do something for the kids still take this moment have your snacks have your wine all of that or set it up to where you can have this moment okay period but again without further ado let's go ahead and get into chapter 21 book of shadows today It's raining in the forest, but by now you know that the water will not drench you. Not that badly. The idiot have taken shelter, however. They don't like the mud, and the sound of the rain hitting the tree leaves is good for sleep. Those with young babies will be blessed with much-needed sleep. We are walking in my favorite part of the forest. I was attracted to this place. And that was how the idiot knew to teach me Sibidi. Look around you. Do you see that tree to your left with the smooth, narrow trunk and the tiny oval-shaped leaves? Yes. Look all the way up and see that it stretches so high that it disappears into the rain clouds. It goes much higher than any normal tree. Imagine the things that crawl up and down that tree, into and out of the forest. Do you see the vines that wind around it? Yes, you are seeing correctly. They have light green delicate leaves that look delicious enough to eat. I have eaten them. They taste fresh like lettuce. And see their white pink flowers? See how they open and close, not slowly, not quickly? Like they are one great winding beast that is breathing. And see the ghost hopper perched on the tree trunk beside it? This part of my forest was full, a place that was both wilderness and physical world. Lambs of the area avoided this place deeming it long ago a forbidden forest. The patch of forest was small, 
no more than 20 square meters and easy to avoid. Sold for centuries, maybe even millennia, it had been simply left alone. For me, being a leopard person, it was seeing two layers of reality at once, the magical and the physical. I love this place as the Idiot did. By now, you may have come to understand. This book isn't about learning Sabidi or my life or how to shape shift. These are all things that I used to pull you off the ground. If you've gotten this far, you are strong in mind and body now. You know how to eat, to live. You know how to plan. You know when you need rest. And you love Sabidi. You are not my equal, but you have my respect. For you are one of a kind. Good. Right now, this book is about the city of smoke. A huge swath of land in this country that is full. Oh, Sisi, I pray that you will not have to see it. For it's not a place for any person who values his life. But if you have, if you have dreamed it, then you currently are the purpose of this book. There will be more than one of you, but only a handful. You? Sunny had to fight her way out of the Sabidi's grasp. This was one thing wholly unaffected by the doubling. Her ability to read Sabidi. She shook her head, flaring her nostrils and frowning, pressing Sugar Cream's book to her chest. As soon as she could see the light of her reading lamp and she could move her hands, she threw the book across the room. Tomorrow would be hard enough. Now this. All the threads of her life seemed to be winding into a tight, bizarre rope that the universe expected her to walk across. Her brother, her questions, Sugar Cream's book. Yes, Trickster was a damn good name for it. A perfect name for it. Sabidi, the magical land of the spirits, literally shapeshifted. And not only in appearance, end quote, the symbols, symbols on the cover moved around like bugs, but in reasons for existing in voice, in narrative. Was it even the same book for every reader? And why did she have to get to this part of the morning they were leaving? This is Wahala, she whispered, lying back in her bed. She felt the usual reading fatigue that came with reading the book, and her head still ached from her fresh braids. Last night, her mother had cornrowed her bushy yellow hair. The braids were long enough to touch her shoulders. Her hair was really growing. It was nearly the length it had been back when she burned it off while gazing into the candle. Two years ago, She'd pressed her mamiwata comb into one of the side rows. It looked a little asymmetrically strange, but she'd come to see the comb as good luck. She wasn't about to stop wearing it when they were going where they were going to do what they were going to do. Bzzz. She smiled and got up to turn on her bedroom light. It was about 5 a.m. and still dark outside, and she'd been using her reading light 
When she turned her light on, Della buzzed its wings louder. Sunny's eyebrows went up, and she slowly walked to her cabinet for a better look. Then she just stood there, her mouth open, staring. It was a head. She could not tell what Della had used to create it. Maybe the petals of some sort of yellow flower, or maybe yellow paper, or some kind of yellow paste that it had found in the market. There was gold, too. The face was ringed with pointy gold rays, like a sun. The nose was wide-nostrilled and flat like her father's. The yellow lips were smiling. The eyes were hazel as if, quote, God had run out of the right color, end quote. They were her eyes. This was her. Della had sculpted a perfect blend of her human and spirit face. Sunny and Anyangwu. How does one hug an insect, she wondered. Della, she whispered. I... The insect quickly flew circles around her head and then hovered in front of her eyes. Sunny smiled. This was its way in saying, no need for words. Do you understand that I will be gone for a few days? The insect buzzed. You've been in here when Chi-Chi and I were talking. So you know what is going on. It buzzed again. Should I be afraid? It flew to its art, stood on top of it, and buzzed its wings. Sunny chuckled. Her wasp artist seemed to know who she was more than she did, and it thought rather highly of her. Della flew up to her and touched her forehead with its long, limp legs, and then zipped on to its nets on the ceiling. There was a knock on her door. It was Chukwu. Good morning, she said. I'm going to get dressed in a little bit. I, I need to know something, he quietly said, coming in. Sunny shut the door behind him. Okay, she said. You still can't talk about it, can you? She shook her head. If she spoke, her words would feel heavy and slow, the way they always did when she skirted too close to speaking directly about being leopard. Is... Whatever you all are doing in Lagos, dangerous? He asked. Sunny thought about it. We can handle it, she said. It doesn't involve any of these ritual people, right? Because they're murderers and... I've never, ever been involved with those people, she firmly said. Lagos is a big crazy place for you, he added. No more than it is for you. Plus... Olu and Chichi know it well, she said. And Sasha has international street smarts. Chukwu scoffed. <laughs> Sasha? No comment. We'll be fine, she said. And I'll have my cell phone. But if all went as planned, there would be a few days where he wouldn't be able to reach her. She'd cross that bridge when she got to it. What Sunny was more worried about? was Sasha and Chukwu being in the same space for so many hours. As far as Sunny knew, Chichi refused to make a choice between the two, and both refused to cut things off with Chichi. 
So the love triangle was very much intact. How was this even going to go? There was another knock on the door. What are you talking about in here? Yugona said, coming in. Just a trick, Chuku said. Why are you up? Are you planning something? He asked, ignoring Chuku's question. He was looking at Sunny. No. Because I don't see why you and your friends are going, he continued. If you want to go, Sunny said, you can squeeze in. We talked about this. I'm not going, he said. I just want to know why you are. He put his arms across his chest. I got a weird feeling about it. Sonny was about to say he was just imagining things. She was about to laugh and say he sounded like their suspicious, superstitious aunt, Udobi. But she couldn't do it. For months, her brother had been sensing things about her. Drawing and drawing pictures that she now realized were of Osisi. He was worried about her in a way that only a brother could worry about his sister. It's something I have to do, Sonny said taking his hands and looking right into his eyes. He looked back into hers. He let go and said, okay. Sunny breathed a sigh of release. She couldn't have said more if she wanted to. Text me, Yugana said. Not mom, not dad, me, both of you. We will, Sunny said. There was an awkward pause among the three siblings. The air was so heavy with secrets that Sunny could practically feel them pressing down on her shoulders. But at the same time, never in her entire life had she felt so close to her brothers. And that's why she did something she'd never done. She reached out to both of them and pulled them to her in in a tight hug. For a moment, they resisted, but then they gave in. Sunny... I will whoop the hell out of you, myself, if anything happens to you, Chuku said into her neck. Okay, Sunny whispered. When they let go, her brothers quickly left the room. We leave in an hour and a half, Chuku said as he closed the door behind him. Sunny climbed back into bed. She was tired from reading her Sabidi book. A good half hour would do plenty of time. Fast forward. Orlu, within the hour, early as usual, arrived. Chichi and Sasha arrived together minutes later. Sunny stood in the kitchen watching as Sasha and Chupu were introduced to each other by Chichi. She quickly took off her glasses, wiped the lenses, and put them back on. She wanted to see this clearly. Sasha and her brother were nearly the same height. Sasha being tall for his age and standing not far from Chuku's six feet. But where Chuku was, made of bulky muscle. Sasha was lean, springy muscle. Chuku seemed to flex his biceps more as he held out his hand to shake Sasha's. Sunny wished she could have been outside to hear them greet each other. Sasha quickly used the excuse of packing his bag in the jeep to walk away from Chuku. Chichi came into the kitchen all grins. That is so wrong, Sunny said. 
What? Sunny just shook her head. You brought Udai's Book of Shadows, right? Right here, she said, putting her backpack down. She brought forth the satchel slung over her right shoulder and took out a large brownish-black book. The pages were thick and yellowed with age and dirt. It carried the smell of burned paper that Sunny could smell from where she stood. The cover was etched with hundreds of slightly raised lines, like it was wrapped in the long, long legs of spiders. Sunny felt skittish just looking at it. She kept imagining the lines lifting from the cover, unfolding, and the book standing up. She shuddered. You want to see? Chi-Chi asked. The writing is so neat, but really small. It's like a computer wrote it. Sunny held up her hands and shook her head. No, that's okay. Chi-Chi giggled and put it back in the satchel. Sasha, finding it? He really has a good eye. Sha. I heard that it can only be seen when it wants to be seen. It's got a mind of its own, like that ring in Lord of the Rings. The book isn't all evil, but it's not all good either. Sasha and I were studying it last night. Yudai likes to speak in stories. The spell for how to find her is in there, but she tells it in third person, as an adventure story about some stupid guy who doesn't know how to mind his own business. He has some teenage Yoruba guy from a long line of wealthy kings near Lagos who thought he was entitled to know everything. <laughs> I know a guy like that, Sonny chuckled and said. We all do, Chi-Chi said, and he's not always a Yoruba guy. Yeah, but it's always a guy, Sonny said, grinning. They both had a good laugh. So, anyway, Chi-Chi continued. Yadide hears most things, and she especially hears all things that involve her. Sunny frowned at this, so most likely she knows we're coming. Chichi nodded. I don't like that, Sunny said. Doesn't matter what you like, it is what it is. So this guy's nerve in trying to find Yudaid annoyed the hell out of Yudaid. Yudaid has always made it known that she has to talk to allow people to find her. You cannot just decide to find her and find her. So, we have to ask her? Sunny interrupted. Do we make some offering or... Just listen, Chi-Chi snapped. Because of the guy's arrogance, Yadai decided to give him what he wanted. She showed him the way in a dream. Of course, him being an arrogant mumu, he thought the dream was all him. He immediately jumped out of bed and ran to his little brother's room. He needed three blue marbles, and his little brother just happened to have plenty. Imagine that. He did as the dream instructed, and sure enough, he found Yudaid in a cave beneath Lagos. But when he found her, the sheer sight of her, he turned to stone, Sunny screeched. Oh my god, is she like Medusa in Greek mythology? We're doomed. How are we going to? We need a mirror then. Or, Sunny, shut up, Chi-Chi shouted. 
Jeez, did you drink coffee this morning? Sha! Or some of your dad's Ogogoro? My dad doesn't drink that. He drinks Guinness. Just listen. Okay? Huh. When he saw her, she was such a horrifying sight to him that part of his hair turned white. Remember, he was only about 16, so he looked very strange. He ran off and never looked for Yadayat again. She ended the story with this line. Without knowing a way through a daytime, never attempt to pass through at night. Yadayat has a dark sense of humor. I guess, Sunny said. But if she does, well, is it smart to use the same way to find her? And what if it's just a story? Chi-Chi shook her head. Yadayat's stories are never just stories. And I think it was more about the intent that got that guy messed up. We are looking for her for a good reason, Sunny. These dreams you're having about OCC are serious. Something bad is going to happen. Ekwensu is on the loose and you are involved. There is something you need in OCC. And the only way to get there is by something only she can create. We're not seeking her out to prove how powerful we are. Sunny hoped Chi-Chi was right. Her hair was already yellow. She didn't need white streaks from terror to make it even lighter. The five of them stood in front of the jeep as Sunny smoothed out the map on the car. Chukwu put his finger on the city of Abba. Okay, so we're near here. We should take the Port Harcourt Abba Expressway too. I know the way, Chi-Chi said. I studied the local map I bought at the market. She tapped her forehead. Got it all up here. Me too, Sasha said. Plus, I checked out Google Earth and MapQuest. Nothing much there, unless you're looking at Lagos itself. But this map is more accurate than a GPS or anything online. Anyway, it's not the way that'll be difficult. It's not getting robbed or driving the car down a pothole. That'll be the real test. I ain't from here, but I've been here a minute now. We can stop in Benin City and stay with my uncle, Chichi added. Oh, no, hon, Chuku said with a chuckle. If we leave soon, we'll get there by sundown. Trust me, we'll be at my friend's aunt and uncle's house in no time. Chichi paused. Then she smiled sweetly and said, Okay, oh. Orlu laughed to himself. Within 15 minutes, they were all piled into the jeep. Chukwu grasped the wheel, trying not to look at Sasha. Sasha plugged his phone into the jeep stereo system and was looking for just the right music so that he wouldn't have to talk to Chukwu. Chichi was behind Sasha, a banga cigarette in hand, that she planned to light as soon as they were past the sight of Sunny's parents. Oru was behind Chupu looking worried, and Sunny was in the middle waving at Yubana. Call in a few hours, their father told Chupu. And don't drive too fast, their mother said. Sasha played, clicked play, and as soon as the song he'd chosen started, 
Chupu's eyes lit up and he grinned. Nice! Sasha looked surprised and then nodded appreciatively. And together, they said, Illmatic. They hit the road, the jeep bouncing on a cloud of hip-hop beats. Within a half hour, Sunny had a raging headache. Chuku was speeding down a good stretch on the freeway. Sasha had the stereo bumping nearly as loud as it would go. At some point, Chuku had installed a new, more powerful sound system. And this one was like the one Sunny remembered from the streets of New York. She even suspected that Chuku's system could do that thing where it set off car alarms if it was turned up to the highest volume. As they sped, they bumped Nas's Illmatic so loudly that Sunny felt as if her head would explode. She could feel the bass vibrate through her entire body. The only time she'd ever felt anything remotely similar was when Ekwensu's drums were booming when she tried to break into the physical world last year. But this time, with each body shaking, oh, beat, Sunny laughed and Sasha and Chuku rapped. It ain't hard to tell, along with Nas. Sunny looked at Chichi. She looked annoyed. Sunny giggled. She couldn't have expected the two to bond over Nas. Orlu had fallen asleep, his head resting against the window. When he'd arrived, Sunny had noticed he looked tired. I'll be fine, he said when she asked him if he'd slept that night. Stayed up late, beating protective spells onto Juku's jeep. Shit! Juku suddenly hissed. He slammed on the brakes. Whoa, 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 Sasha said. Sunny, the only one who insisted on wearing a seatbelt, was thrown against it, her glasses flying off. Sasha held on to his seat. Orlu quickly woke and threw a hand forward just in time to keep himself from smashing his head into the front seat. Chukwu managed to slow down and swerve, narrowly avoiding an enormous pothole. Didn't you see that coming? Orlu said. No, Sasha said, shaking his head. He turned around. Everyone okay? Barely, Chichi said, picking up her book which she dropped on the floor. Two words, Sunny said, putting her glasses on. Seat belt. Chuku sucked his teeth and waved a dismissive hand at her. Weak American, Sasha said, grinning. Don't you know we in Nigeria? Sunny shook her head, disgusted. Sasha had bragged from the moment he'd come to Nigeria about his hatred of con- confining seat belts, and now... How he never wore them even when in the States and neither had his dad. The roads are going to get bad, Oru said. We should slow down from here on. I know how to drive, Chupu snapped. And that's why we all just nearly died? Oru asked. I'm not saying you're a bad driver though. I'm just giving you sound advice. Sunny smiled. Oru was four years younger than Chupu and far less beefy. But he'd always had a way of talking to Chupu that Chupu couldn't dominate. Even now, Chupu only looked at Ordu in the rearview mirror and said nothing. He slowed down, too. Ordu glanced at Sunny, 
and slipped an arm around her waist. Sunny felt tingles from her shoulders to her cheeks. For a moment, she even managed to pry her mind from Legos and what they had to do there. She did not call Orlu her boyfriend, and he didn't call her his girlfriend. The only kisses they'd exchanged were the ones he'd given her on the cheek last year, and the one she'd planted on his ear when he'd nearly killed himself, bringing the two toddlers back from wherever Black Hat's cruel juju had taken them. Nevertheless, Chi-Chi liked to joke that she and Orlu were betrothed, and Sasha was always telling them to stop, quote-unquote, beating around the bush. Chi-Chi and Sasha were always so sure of and forward with everything. What Sunny knew was that she liked being near Orlu, and they held hands often. Also, once in a while, he put his arm around her. He was her friend who was always on her mind. Chuku slowed the car down to nearly a full stop as they came upon a crater, swallowing more than half of the road. The sunken crust of asphalt quickly gave way to thick red dirt. There was a car stuck in the crater. The two, two young men stood on the raised asphalt, staring at their car. They had their hands in their pockets and looked hopeless. An SUV crept around the stranded car by driving mostly in the dirt and plants on the roadside. When it was Chuku's turn, he slowly drove past the car. Sasha opened the window. Do you need help? He added an Igbo accent to his speech to mask his Americanness. It was flawless. He switched to Pidgin English. What and I want Maka do for now? Not need any help? One of the men looked annoyed. Anything what you fit do to help, Sha? Come lift them with bar- bare hand. He sucked his teeth irritably and looked away and muttered, Nonsense. Sasha looked back at Orlu. Sunny looked from Orlu to Sasha and back. Orlu looked at Chichi. Chichi was looking at Chuku and then Sasha. Chuku was looking at Orlu, Sunny and Chichi in his rearview mirror and ignoring Sasha beside him. Chuku, Sasha said, wait. When Chuku slowed down, Sasha got out. Chichi opened her door too. No, Chichi, Sasha firmly said, just Orlu. He passed. We don't know these guys, Sha. He was still speaking in his accent. Sunny wanted to ask what was going on, but Chuku was there, so she said nothing. Orlu got out on the other side of the jeep and stepped into the tall grass. He walked up to Chuku's window. Drive all the way up, he said. We'll meet you there. No, Chuku said, putting the jeep in park. I'll help. I'm stronger than you both. And you don't know who these guys are either. They won't mess with me. It'll be fine, Olu said. You need to stay in the car with Sunny and Chichi. Don't worry. Chuku started to open the door. Let me just... No, none of us can drive, Olu insisted. What if another car comes and wants to get by? He pushed Chuku's door shut 
We'll be back in a second. Sunny turned to look back at Chupu reluctantly. As Chupu reluctantly drove the jeep a bit down the road. She could see Sasha talking to the guys. But Orlu was still watching them go. Keep going, Chi-Chi said when Chupu slowed to a stop about an eighth of a mile away. They rolled along a few more yards to where the road curved and they could no longer see Sasha, Orlu, and the guys. Okay, Chi-Chi said. That's good. Chukwu frowned deeply as he put the car in park. He didn't turn it off. What are they doing? Helping them, I guess, Chi-Chi said vaguely. How the hell can they help those guys? That car needed a tow truck to pull it out. A powerful one. Chi-Chi shrugged. I should go and help, he said, turning the jeep off and making to get out. You two, stay here. No, both Chi-Chi and Sunny said. Why? I'm the strongest and the oldest. This makes no sense. Chi-Chi quickly got out of the car and got into the passenger seat. They'll be back, she said. No shaking. She smirked cowly and leaned closer to him. Chuku's frown immediately began to melt. Chichi was wearing one of her long, old-looking skirts and a t-shirt. She'd taken off her sandals and left them on the floor in the back. She was so small that she could easily and cutely curl herself up into the passenger seat, pulling her long skirt demurely over her short legs. So, how are you doing? She asked, batting her eyes at Chuku. Oh my god, Sunny muttered, looking at the trees outside the window. Ten minutes later, Sunny heard a car zooming up the road. Chichi was sitting on Chupu's lap, telling him for the millionth time how amazing his muscles were. And Sunny was outside the jeep, leaning against the door. It was the car that had been stuck in the ditch. But Sunny only recognized it from its color and shape. It zoomed past them at probably over 90, 90 miles per hour. She barely caught a glimpse of the guys in the car, but she saw them, especially the driver. He looked terrified. When she looked up and saw Orlu and Sasha coming, keeping to the side, she ran to them. A few cars passed, but otherwise the road was quiet. She was sweating by the time she met them, the day was growing humid. What'd you do? She asked as they walked to the jeep. A little bit of this and a little bit of that, Sasha said. Hardest part was getting them to turn away, Orlu said. They started thinking we were armed robbers. But if we didn't get them to turn around and they saw what we were doing, we'd be in a library council car on our way to the OB library's basement, like you. We had to use Ujo on them, Orlu muttered, so they were too scared to look at what we were doing. Sunny's eyebrows went up. That was the juju that Anatov had taught them that caused lambs to fill up deep, irrational, crippling fear. So that was why they went speeding away. Sasha suddenly picked up his pace, leaving Sunny and Orlu to walk together. So you won't be taken to the council? I know you used Juju on that car. He shook his head. Remember, 
Part of being a good leopard person is doing your duty for the fellow human beings. When we saw those guys, if we could help, we would help. You've got to be kidding me, Sasha shouted. He was standing at the passenger window, staring into the jeep. Oh, so this is how it is. This is what you are. Oh, no, Olu said. They both ran to the jeep. Chichi climbed out from the driver's side. Then Chukwu came out, also from the driver's side. What the hell is wrong with you? Sasha shouted at Chichi. Lower your voice, Chukwu said, his voice booming. You don't speak to me, Sasha said, pointing a finger at Chukwu. <laughs> or your what, Chukwu said. Sasha's eyes grew very big, and he looked as if he was going to say something. Then he glanced at Sunny and seemed to change his mind. I don't give a shit how big you are, Sasha said. He moved toward Chuku. Come on then, Chuku growled. Okay, Olu said, immediately putting himself between Sasha and Chuku. Okay, O, okay, O. Keep your hands off of her, Sasha said, pointing at Chuku over Olu's shoulder. Sure. But I can't help it if she can't keep her hands off me, Chukwu said, laughing. Sasha turned to the side and spat. We will see. Sunny went and stood beside Chichi. What were you thinking? Sunny snapped. I, I wasn't exactly thinking, Chichi whispered. But Sunny caught the hint of the smile on her lips. Let's all just get back into the jeep, Orlu said. We have a long way ahead of us. Sasha was looking at Chichi, who was looking right back at Sasha. Chuku angrily got in the driver's seat, slamming his door. Sunny and Orlu got in. Then Chichi. Sasha was the last to get into the passenger seat. He glared at Chuku, but Chuku just started the jeep, ignoring Sasha. Minutes later, Sasha put Nas back on. Moving on to the next album, it was written. But the vibrations of the beats wasn't nearly as delicious as before. End chapter 21. Chapter 22. Fresh, fresh, fine. Iwuju. It was as if the roads were trying to kill them. There were potholes and craters everywhere. In one place, the road seemed to have slow, sloughed off completely, and they'd had to mumble or bumble their way across the jagged remains. Somehow, the tires did not flatten, but the poor roads made the going slow and dangerous. A few times, they passed parts of the road that were so uneven from erosion that they nearly tipped over. Thankfully, it was dry season. Otherwise, the roads would have been muddy, impassable gullies. Then, there were the go slows, traffic that robbed their trip of precious time. Two hours after suffering the pothole and crater riddle road, they'd sat on the expressway for a whole hour and a half without moving. On the sides of the road where were occasional shanties and stretches of trees, and from both of these came an assortment of beggars and hawkers. 
One of the beggars was a young man in scruffy clothes with knotted hair and a mad look in his eyes. He reminded Sonny of the man they'd seen in Bola's waiting room. He leaned against Chi-Chi's window, staring at her. No matter how many times Sasha told him to go away, he wouldn't budge until Sasha had actually gotten out of the car and chased the man off. The hawkers sold all sorts of things, from raw corn, pure water, and bread to skewers of beast suya, plantain chips, and roasted bush meat. One man had even held up a whole bush rat to Orlu's window. Fresh, fresh, fine Iwuju, he proclaimed. He'd asked for 600 nera and even offered to skin it while they waited. The bush rat looked as if it had been killed minutes ago. Still dripping blood. Orlu had simply waved him off. When the ghost slow finally let, finally let up, they began encountering the checkpoints where Chuku was forced to do Christmas for the police in order to get by without being delayed. The blatant demand for bribes especially irritated Sasha, who held a particular hatred for police officers. Chichi had to grab his hand as Chuku dealt with the road police so that Sasha would keep his mouth shut. When they were stopped by a third police checkpoint within two hours, Sasha was ready to jump from his seat and slap the man across the face. This was when Ordu said that they should stop and find a hotel. They were in Benin City, only halfway there, and already the sun was going down. Thankfully, Chichi had planned ahead. Chuku pulled over. Sonny, give me your phone. Let me call my uncle. Chuku pulled into the parking lot of a roadside market. Chichi dialed the number. I told him we'd be coming, she said as if she waited for him to pick up. You sure it'll be all right? Sonny asked. Of course. They have a big house and they love me, Chichi said. This is my aunt, my mother's sister. She held up a hand. Hello? Hello? Uncle, you, you go, you all bang. Good evening, she grinned and laughed and then began to speak in rapid epic. I'm not sure if I like the idea of being on the road New Year's Eve, Orlu said as Chichi talked to her uncle. I know, Sunny said, but if we keep driving, trust me, we will be robbed or have to fight robbers. Chichi was laughing so hard as she cupped the phone to her ear. Do you know Chichi's uncle? Sonny asked. I've heard of him, but never met him. Good things? Sonny asked. Yeah, Ordu said, smiling. He likes flowers. He lowered his voice so Chuku wouldn't hear. They're both leopard people, and her aunt a third level, like Chichi's mother. Okay, everyone, Chichi announced, handing Sunny her phone. They have dinner waiting for us. Let's go. Which way? Chuku asked. Ten minutes later, they pulled through the gates of a small but beautifully designed compound. The house was painted blue, and the compound was made 
pretty with tall palm trees and colorful flowers that seemed to glow even in the near darkness. The small parking lot in front of the house was black and smooth, as if it had been freshly tarred. Nice, Sasha said. I'm going to warn you all one more time. Treat my uncle's flowers like little human beings, Chi-Chi said. And God help you if you step on one. What kind of man loves flowers that much? Chupu said with a laugh as he got out of the car. What is he? Some kind of wizard? They all froze, avoiding eye contact with one another. He's a botanist. He studied at the University of California in the States, Chi-Chi said. Oh, okay, Chupu said. Sunny let out a breath. A pathway led to the front door, and along the sides were all sorts of plants. Tiger lilies, sunflowers, a bush with red flowers, and there was even a tall cactus on the right side of the path's beginning. Don't touch any of his flowers, Chi-Chi stressed again. Ah! Chuku hissed. Damn it! He was ahead of Sunny, and Sunny had seen precisely what happened. The cactus had leaned forward and swiped at his arm with a thorn. Thankfully, Chuku hadn't seen it do this. He'd only felt it. I didn't touch it, he said. He looked at his arm with irritation. It touched me or something. I wasn't even... Who is that? A deep voice said from inside. The door unlocked and a man peeked out, frowning. He had a smooth bald head and a handlebar mustache and a bushy beard that reminded Sonny of the man on the internet years ago who was always complaining about the rent being too damn high. Who is touching my plants? Uncle Yu Obang, Chi-Chi sang. It's us! He frowned, and then his face broke into a smile when he saw Chi-Chi. Ah-ah! Chi-Chi! He said, hugging her tightly. A woman with a bushy gray afro and large gold earrings came to the doorway. And Chi-Chi hugged her tightly, too. Auntie! Chi-Chi said. And this must be Sunny, her uncle said. Sunny stepped forward. Good evening. She was quickly scooped into hugs from both of them. We've heard all about you, Chi-Chi's auntie said. Sunny glanced at Chi-Chi, and she quickly shook her head. She better not have told them, Sunny thought. No one else needed to know of her doubling besides the four of them. Sasha, Orlu, and Chuku all received tight hugs, too. Chuku, Chi-Chi's uncle said, cocking his head. You are at the University of Port Harcourt. Yes. Chuku responded. Her aunt took his head into her hands and looked from one side to the other. You heal up well, she said, hugging him. Chuku frowned at Chichi, who only shrugged. Thank you, Ma, Chuku politely said. Come in, she said. All of you, we've been waiting. As soon as they stepped in, her uncle put his arm around Sasha's shoulder and said, Come. You and I need to talk. Then they walked into another room. Sunny was too busy taking in the spectacle that was the inside of their home to ask where Chi-Chi's uncle and Sasha were going. 
the house. Could she even call this a house? A greenhouse, maybe. It was nice and cool inside, yes. But there were plants all over the place. They hung from the giant chandelier on the ceiling. Vines wrapped themselves around the banister of the stairs. There were potted trees flourishing against the walls. Wow, Chuku said. The house looks a lot bigger on the inside. It's the glass ceiling, Chi-Chi's aunt said. They all looked up, and indeed, in the large front room, the ceiling was made entirely of glass. This is my partner's home, Chi-Chi's aunt said. I own nothing. She and my uncle, they aren't married, Chi-Chi said, moving closer to Sunny, so Chuku couldn't hear. Remember, we are Nim, and Nim women can't marry. Oh, Sunny said, right. She'd been wondering this very thing. The house was lovely, but it looked extravagant. Chi-Chi's mother lived in a hut and was proud of that. Still, even if she didn't own it, it seemed odd for a Nim priestess to live so lavishly. My uncle built it for her, but more for himself, Chi-Chi said. Did I tell you he loves flowers? I don't think I've ever seen a place like this, Chuku was saying to Chi-Chi's aunt. Well, I'm glad to broaden your mind, she said. Come, I'll show you where you'll be sleeping and then you can eat dinner. Sasha and Orlu and Chuku were to stay in a large room downstairs where every wall was taken up by a bookshelf. There was a large plush couch that curved into a horseshoe big enough for two of them to sleep on and a cot set behind the horseshoe couch, which Chuku quickly claimed. Why don't you boys get settled down, Chi-Chi's aunt said. We'll be right back. She took Chi-Chi and Sunny to a smaller bedroom upstairs. You're fine sharing a bed, right? Of course, auntie, Chi-Chi said. Sunny nodded. It's a lovely room. And it was. With its large leafy plants winding up a pole beside the curtains, creeping out through the cracked door over the balcony. Have you been good with your brother, Sonny? Her auntie asked. What do you mean? You know what I mean, honey. Are things okay with his school? We don't need you dragged off to the library basement again. Chichi snorted with laughter. I'm still here. Sunny said, embarrassed. Good, Chi-Chi's aunt said, patting her on the back. I know it's hard for free agents. You know, the lamb world better than us, and the leopard people can be assholes. So your kind can be short-tempered, for a good reason. It's not easy living on the border of such different worlds. A black cat smoothly skulked from beneath the bed and stood in front of Sunny and looked up at her waiting. Sunny ignored it as Chi-Chi's auntie spoke. But you'll get used to it, she continued. And you better do it fast because I think something big is expected of you. I guess, Sunny said, glancing at the cat. It was still sitting there. Pick her up, her aunt said. What do you think she's waiting for? 
Sunny bent down and slowly picked it up. She wasn't too familiar with cats, so she held it like a baby. It turned and twisted into a comfortable position in her arms. She petted it, and it began to purr. That's Paja, Chi-Chi said, taking one of the cat's front paws in her hand. See her paws? Cool, right? The cat had six digits on its paw. Is it? What if Chuku sees it? So, Chi-Chi said, these aren't magical. Well, all cats are of the leopard people, but lambs have these cats too. They're called polydactyl cats. It's a natural mutation. They're really smart too. The cat purred and rested its head against Sunny's chest, and Sunny nearly melted with delight. She sat on the bed with the cat in her arms and stroked its soft black fur. I've contacted your mother, Chi-Chi Auntie told Sunny. She's glad you made it. Thank you, Sunny said. She'd also send Yugana a text. He'd probably heard from her parents that they were okay, but she told him she'd keep in personal contact with him. Are you sure about this trip? Chi-Chi Sunny asked. Sunny nodded. Okay, she said. No more talk of it. Let's go have dinner. Sunny brought the cat with her. The dining room was in the back and also completely made of glass. Various types of plants and potted trees stationed in the corners of the room. The table in the center was large and made of thick wood, as were the chairs. And the chairs were grooved with the intricate designs, their edges smooth with age. Sunny found them extremely comfortable. The wood even felt warm. Dinner was already set on the table with a large bowl and several smaller ones. The large white porcelain bowl was filled with Eddie Kaikong soup, and in each one of the smaller bowls were fried plantain, puff puffs, and sliced mango. On a plate were fist-sized balls of gray gari. The soup was heavy with periwinkle snails, beef, and stockfish and it was a light in palm oil, the perfect balance. Sunny's mothers didn't make this particular vegetable soup. Eddie Kaikong soup was an Ibibio dish, not an Igbo one. However, since Chi-Chi's mother was Ifik, a subgroup of the Ibibios, Sunny had had it plenty of times at Chi-Chi's house, so many times that she'd grown a taste for it. When she finished eating, she sat back, satisfied and exhausted. Her eyes were drooping when a sliver of the conversation happening around her folded into her ears. Sure, I'll go with you. Great, Sasha said, perking up. He'd eaten more than Sunny, but it seemed to have the opposite effect on him. I'm going with, Chichi said. You never take me out when I visit. Ah, but these three are men, Chi-Chi's uncle said. It's not the same. Go where? Sunny asked. To taste the local nightlife, Chi-Chi said. It's almost New Year's Eve. Everyone's off work and partying already. We're in a new place. 
Let's go see what it's like. Sonny looked at Chuku, who wasn't saying anything. He clearly wanted to go, just not with Sasha. Ordo even looked interested. Um, okay, Sonny reluctantly said. I'll go if everyone else is going. And everyone else was. She groaned, but too quietly for anyone to hear. She'd rather climb into bed, read for a little bit, and then go to sleep. It had been a long, long day, and tomorrow was probably going to be longer. So, this was how Sunny found herself at her first nightclub. Orlu had his arm tightly around her waist, and she was glad, because the place was dark, and packed with the undulating and wiggling bodies of people dancing, talking, and shouting. Not far away, she could see Sasha getting down on the dance floor, surrounded by five women who were close to twice his age. Chukwu was dancing with Chichi several feet away, but Chichi kept looking at Sasha. And who could forget Chichi's uncle and aunt, who were out there dancing like maniacs too? Chichi's uncle had a bottle of Guinness in his hand and was somehow not spilling it. Sunny yawned leaning on Orlu. Suddenly, he let go of her and started pushing his way farther in. What are you doing? Sonny asked. Then the crowd surged forward as people moved to get a better look. She was pushed along with it and then she saw where Orlu, Orlu was going. Two guys who looked to be in their 20s were swinging at Sasha. He ducked and one guy missed but the other managed to punch him in the gut. Then there was Chuku jumping on that guy, turning him around and socking him in the face. The guy stumbled back as two more of his friends joined him. They paused as they looked at Chuku, who shouted over the music, Come on then! He held up his fists. The guys weren't as dumb as they looked because none of them took Chuku up on his invitation to fight. Olu grabbed Sasha and Chuku pushed them both along. Chi-Chi's uncle joined them, shouting for the guys to stay back. Chi-Chi's aunt was behind him looking angry and ready to fight too. Sonny moved after them as they all exited the club. Once outside, Sonny was shocked to see that Sasha, Chuku, and Chi-Chi's uncle were all laughing. Even Orlu looked mildly amused. Damn, Sasha said, holding his aching belly. Chuku! I don't think I have ever seen four grown men afraid of one younger man. I don't even care. You get some dap for that. No doubt. Respect. Respect. He grasped Chuku's hand, slapping his other hand over it. I saw them coming at you, Chuku said. You had all their ladies. And you don't even look 20. It's my American swag, Chichi said with a lopsided grin. He coughed and held his sad. Are you all right? Chi-Chi's uncle asked. Yeah, Sasha said. I managed to flex at the last minute. It's nothing a night's sleep won't cure. They quickly got into the car in case the guys Sasha had angered came out for more. Sonny was just glad to leave that place earlier than they would have. Exactly an hour later, after the short drive back, showering in lukewarm water, brushing her teeth and climbing into bed, 
Sunny closed her eyes. Chi-Chi was already fast asleep, having taken an even shorter shower before Sunny. Ten minutes later, Sunny heard someone ruffling through her and Chi-Chi's bags not far from her head. For a moment, Sunny just lay there in the darkness, reluctant to get up and switch on the light. She was exhausted and comfortable. Maybe I'm just hearing things, she thought. There was an air conditioner in the room that clanked and loudly dripped water. But the more she lay there, the clearer the sound came. Crinkle, crinkle. Her juju knife was in the pocket of her night clothes, and slowly she reached for it. The light suddenly switched on. And what Sunny saw on her backpack shocked her. But only for a moment. It was a large black bat, and it was clutching her wallet, her glasses in their hard green case, and Udai's book of shadows and its strong, sharp claws. Without thinking, Sunny did the swift juju sugar cream had taught her for getting rid of those large wall spiders Sunny hated so much. She missed, and the bat scrambled up the windowsill. Oh no, she breathed. She nearly dropped her juju knife, but managed to grasp it and work the juju again. She caught the pouch in her hand and threw it at the bat as she said, Stay there! The bat dropped the book on the sill and her glasses, and while it fell to the floor. The bat, the bat was flattened right on the windowsill. Good thinking, Sunny, Chi-Chi said, looking impressed. She was standing at the light switch. You heard it? Sunny asked, pressing her forehand. She'd had to focus her mind to a point to rework the juju correctly because of the doubling, and the effort was rewarding her with a throbbing headache. Yeah, after you woke me up by moving around, I was going to shred whatever it was to pieces. Your way is way more humane. They stepped up to the flattened bat. It was soft, with black fur on its body and reddish fur on its head and had the delicately elegant face of a fox. It looked at them with blank eyes. You think it was sent? Sunny asked. It was, she heard Enyanwu whisper. Immediately, Sunny's headache went away. Of course. By who? You know who. You died? No. Ekwensu, Chi-Chi said. Sunny gasped. It's a stupid thing to do, Chi-Chi said, kneeling down to look at the bat. She's toying with you. She just wants to scare you by letting you know that she knows. If she really wanted the book or your money, she'd have just made them disappear. So Ekwensu knew she was going to Lagos in order to get to Osisi. Sunny shut her eyes. The thought of something powerful, terrible, and violent taking interest in her made her ill. Suddenly, she just wanted to go home. What are we going to do with it? There was a soft meow at the door, and they looked at each other. No, Sunny said when Chi-Chi went to open the door. Why not? Chi-Chi asked. What if it 
Chi-Chi opened the door and Paja skulked in. She trotted toward the immobile bat and looked at it. She meowed again. Then she arched her back and hissed, bringing her face right up to the bat. And the bat began to struggle against the charm Sunny had put on it. Then Paja appeared to gnaw at the air around the bat. And soon, the bat flew out the window. Sunny shuddered and smiled. Paja, she said, picking up the black cat. I'm glad you don't believe in capital punishment either. The cat purred, rubbing its soft face against Sunny's. Chi-Chi rolled her eyes. What kind of cat are you? You're both hopeless. In chapter 22. Oh, man. So now Ekwensu is giving Sunny confirmation. Like, I know you. I know what you're doing, sweetie. I know what y'all trying to do over there. And just know that I know. And like Chi-Chi said, if she wanted to do something, she could have made it happen right then and there. But she's toying with Sunny. She's trying to intimidate her in a way, low-key. But y'all know what I know. Sunny ain't backing down. Sunny is not backing down. This group is not backing down. They are determined, and they are going to make something happen. So... This trip to Lagos is on a pause. They have stopped at Chi-Chi's family's house because um, the road was just not what they needed it to be. It's not like our roads, you know, like we have roads and we have potholes and stuff like that. But like this is like driving to the projects pretty much, but constantly for the whole trip. Then once in a blue moon, you get a highway, which is an expressway, which always creates traffic. But yeah, I don't know. It sounds like the closer they're getting, things are going to get more intense. Um, it sounds like Sasha and Chuku are creating a middle ground. I don't know if they're about to be a love triangle, but I just feel like Chi-Chi is playing. And she got game, though, because if she able to balance out both of them like that, <laughs> she got game. Um, What else? There was a couple of things that happened within these two chapters. Um, but I like I like Chi Chi's aunt and uncle. They cool. Um and yeah. I'm I'm re- I'm ready for them to reach Lagos. I'm ready to see how things are gonna go when they meet you died the the spider. Um and what's to come after that? Like are they going to defeat Ekwensu once and for all? Or is it just gonna be a temporary find a solution you know like my I'm very principle based so I hate putting all this work in just for it to be the likelihood of her returning once again my goal would be how can I eliminate Ekwensu all together you know what I mean but yeah make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at elevated underscore FHZ for frequencies uh, to stay up to date with everything um we're doing some edits um there might be a rebrand going on um things of that sort but work in progress so just stay up to date on by following us um and yeah every wednesday 
I release a new chapter to encourage you to take at least one day of the week to wind down, regulate your thoughts, regulate your mind, and become present. So hopefully you took this opportunity this week. And until next week, stay true, stay you. Namaste.